Well, welcome to the Jesus Network. This is going to be a fun podcast. My name is Miles, and I'm here with my lovely wife. <laughs> I'm Dee. Dee. That's all right. <laughs> we are the pastors of the Freedom House in Prosper, Texas. Yes. And we are just excited to have another outlet to share what's been on our hearts and what God's stirring in our hearts and really just to bring to the forefront mm. things that maybe the church as a whole isn't talking about but should be talking about things yeah. that maybe the lord that jesus would be talking about mm -hmm. um and we just want to put it on the table for discussion and so we're excited to kick yeah. it off we and figured you know let's start off with like a light topic <laughs> we don't do light like is jesus really coming back soon what if Jesus is really coming back soon. Are we ready? Do we believe it? What's going to happen? Yeah. I'll tell you guys this. Look, when it was probably about a year ago, we, uh, look, I was on this kick where I would ask everybody this question. I'm like, hey, what if Jesus came to your door, knocked on your door and said, hey, I'm coming back for my bride one year from today? And I, w I was asking everybody this question, literally everybody, yeah. because I wanted to know th what their heart was like. And I'm like, what would you do for the next year? And you'd be amazed at the answers, right? It wasn't, oh, I'd vacation, and I would work on my promotion, mm. and I would try to get more money in my savings account. None, none of that. I would be sharing the gospel with everybody that I met when I'm at the store. I'd be talking to the cashier about Jesus. And, of course, my following question after that would be, so why aren't you doing that now? And the reason we're not doing that now is because, one, we don't believe Jesus is coming back very soon. And two, we don't value the need to share the gospel with everybody that we see because we don't see their eternity on the line. Wow. So we get fixed on eternity, but we forget about today. How are we being faithful with today? Mm -hmm. So... I think we do need to get to the place where we start asking the question, is Jesus coming back soon? Yeah. What do you believe? We asked our church about a year ago. I was going to say that. And I, guys, I, I felt so silly because in my heart of hearts, I was like, I'm <laughs> going to ask the church and I'll be like, hey guys, show of hands, I will be the first to raise my hand. Who in here believes Jesus is coming back in their lifetime? And I'm like... And I think there were 10 hands that went up. And I literally responded, really? Yeah. I was like, are you guys not looking around? Um, and regardless of what people actually think, it's a huge revealer of the heart. And it's also a huge revealer of the lack of urgency that is in the body of Christ today, right now. Yeah. This is the part that we don't talk about is that all of the disciples believed Jesus was coming back in their lifetime. Hmm. And you, you, you could even look at their lives and say, well, what was the ministry like after Jesus left? You know, did they just sit back and write books of their accounts? Actually, no. They all hit the streets, guys. There were 12 disciples, but most of them didn't even write a single book because they were busy living the word of God and making disciples yeah. because they thought with their hearts, Jesus, he's coming back soon. He's coming back soon. They didn't even write the Gospels or most of the books until they were old. They were probably like reaching retirement age. Now yeah. we can start writing the books. Yeah. So I guess my question is, where is the urgency in the church yeah. and can it come back? Yeah, well, before we moved to Texas to, to plant the Freedom House, 
um, the Lord spoke to us very clearly and told us to come awaken the sleeping giant. And I think at first we didn't really understand what that truly meant. We, we recognize, and he did reveal like this, it's the church. Yeah. It's the bride. She's asleep. And hmm. we didn't, we didn't understand the severity of it. I think until we got here and saw that it's just like, there's this lull over the church. There's just this like spiritual, like little lullaby that everyone's just kind of rocked to sleep. And it reminds me of the story, the parable of the 10 virgins in Matthew 25, where they have the five that are ready and the five that aren't, and they go to sleep and the, the groom comes and he says, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. And then watch therefore, for you neither know the day or the hour. And it's almost like in the waiting, there's this like comfort that we get into mm -hmm. that we feel like, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to focus on me and I'm just going to rest and I'm just going to chill and I'm just going to be complacent. I'm just going to be comfortable. <clears throat> and we forget that he's coming and we forget that there's an urgency associated with that and that if we miss it, then we miss it. And it's not like these, these virgins didn't get a second chance, you know? And so, but we've, we've allowed just, I think at one point back in the nineties, there was this big thing about, you know, the rapture and there was the left behind books. You might not remember. You were so young. I remember. Thank <laughs> I'm you very a little much. Older than I know Miles. how old you are, Grandma. Anyway, um, we all thought the rapture was happening like tomorrow. Like I grew up in one of those churches where it was like. Are you kidding me? My parents got saved when I was 10. And I was afraid that I wasn't going to get to ride my Razor scooter that Christmas. I was. Because Jesus was going to rapture us I up. was terrified that I wouldn't get married. Like that was, I was like, I need to get married. I need to have babies. Like I need to, I was so scared that I wasn't going to, because I thought I was going to get raptured. And I told my mom, she's like, trust me, if you get raptured, you won't care about getting married, whatever. But it, there, was, there was an urgency in the 90s. And then it was almost like, okay, he didn't come back in the 90s. So like, we're cool. And it kind of wore off a little bit and people like laughed it off. And it's like, you know, and I've actually asked people in my life, friends, family, like, do you think God's going to, like, do you think Jesus is going to come back in our lifetime? And they're like, I don't think so. And I'm like, and I'm the same as you. I'm like, really? Like, I feel like the way that the prophecies are like being mm. fulfilled, the way that things are happening, the way that the world is right now and some people are like, no, the world has always been bad. Social media is just showing it to you. And it's like, no, no, no. There are literal things happening all over the world, things with Israel, all these things that are lining up yeah. to show that we're in the last days. And yet the church is still asleep because we're just like, oh, it's just, we just kind of like toss it to the next lifetime of people and generate, mm -hmm. not even generation, just like a whole other lifetime of people. Yeah. And feel like, well, as long as we just pay our dues and do do check off all the Christian boxes, at least we'll get to heaven and that's that. Yep. It's like, y'all, we might be facing something very, very different. Mm -hmm. And if we don't, if he doesn't come back in our lifetime, are we going to have any regrets living like he's going to? Having the urgency. You know, it's crazy. Think about this. I feel like this would shift your mind a little bit. Let's just pretend we live until we're 80 years old, you would be 83 because you're way older than me, okay? <laughs> but let's, let's just, 82 and a half, whatever. Let's just say that we knew, what if we knew, 
without a shadow of a doubt, the Lord spoke to us, even though this would not happen because nobody knows the day, not even the son knows the day, only the father knows the day, okay? I get that. So if I told you Jesus was going to come back on your last day of life, okay? Mm -hmm. So you're like, okay, I'm in my 30s right now. I've got, you know, 40 something years until he comes back. You would say we are in the last 40 years before Jesus comes back. Every day would matter. Every day would count. The funny thing is, is that regardless if Jesus doesn't come back, you're still going to go and see Jesus on that day. Right. So no matter if Jesus is coming back in your lifetime or not, you only have one lifetime. You only have this one lifetime. Yeah. What are you doing with it? So, you know, it's funny is that like the Lord spoke to us and said, come here. I want you to awaken the sleeping giant. Um, but when Jesus talks about being awake, he talks about staying awake. He says in Matthew 24, he's talking, go read Matthew 24 mm-hmm. and, and you don't have to write now. No, babe. Okay. But that's very, that was, <laughs> th- thank you for being so submissive <laughs> to me. You're a great wife. But when you go and read Matthew 24, it's so much about the end times and, and the last days and what's going to happen. And, and, you know, he's like, you know, you're going to go to work. You're going to be eating, drinking, getting married, just like they did mm-hmm. in the days of Noah. Um, but, you know, look what happened. They weren't ready for what was about to happen. And, and it happened. Um, they were just living life like nothing was going on. And he's like, it's going to be the same. He's like, two women are going to go show up to the mill to work. And one of them is going to be taken. The other one's going to be left behind. And, you know, it, he's talking about a thief coming in the middle of the night. And he said, therefore, stay awake for you do not know the hour your Lord is going to be coming for you. You do not know the day your Lord is coming for you hmm. to stay awake. You know, you <laughs> talked about the brides. You think about the very end of that story. What mm-hmm. happens? Like mm-hmm. nobody wants to take notice of something is that there are 10 virgins. Okay. And I think very strongly this represents people who at least say they believe in God and believe in Jesus. Okay. They're 10 virgins, meaning they are preparing themselves in some aspect for the bridegroom to come for their return. And when he shows up, he shows up when he had been delayed, they thought he was going to come back. So they stopped preparing for him to come back. So they no longer had the oil. The others, I was just listening to a message with Corey Russell today uh, talking about the end times. And he talked about how, you know, the the five without the oil were like, oh, just let us borrow some. And they were like, no, you can't. We need this oil. And Corey Russell talked about how it was like it wasn't theirs to give and they couldn't get it from them. It's almost like me wanting to get your prayer time from you and your relationship with Jesus from you. It's you can you can have it with you and for you and for the Lord, but you can't give it to me. I have to go get it for myself. And it was the five virgins who didn't have it. So let's talk about the church today. We're talking 50-50 here. Wow. We're not talking about 90% of Christians that call themselves Christians. We're going to talk about this in future podcasts. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about 90% of believers are going. Right. We're talking about in this story alone, he's saying half of them won't have the oil. The other half will. Wow. Half of them stayed so prepared, even though they fell asleep too. Mm -hmm. But when they woke up, they were prepared. They had the oil for their lamps. They didn't just have the the good looking, I'm a Christian. They actually had the oil to make it work and light it up. Wow. That's beautiful. So what does it look like right now for us to be prepared for Jesus to come back? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the, it's the preparing for him and, and not in a, 
the, I imagine, you know, it's a parable, but I've been a bride and thank God I didn't get raptured first. Um, but I just think about even the preparation of just a, a normal earthly wedding and just like the, the effort and the mm. energy and the time and the devotion that went into not only just the wedding day, but becoming your wife and becoming the wife that you want me to be, that God's called me to be. Yeah. And it's like, if I can give that call that much attention how much greater is the call to be his bride and what he's calling us to do mm -hmm. and there's just we've we've gotten to this place of stagnation i feel like in the body in the body of christ where everyone is just there's like this hesitation where it's we're not ready to go or we're not willing to go or we're we say we're willing to go but we don't actually do it um, instead of, of, of the urgency of the preparation, the, the spreading the, the news, like mm -hmm. he's coming back, he's coming back. I don't know what, you know, we've just gotten to this place where we're like, I'm oh, cool. I'm good here. Like I'll be, he'll pick me up when he comes. Right. Like what bride in this earth would not be urgent to be prepared for their wedding. Exactly. One who's not in love with the bridegroom. Mm. They're not even looking forward to the wedding date. Hmm. We don't think of the, we think of the rapture. I heard Todd White say this one time that people think the rapture is a rescue mission when really it's a pickup for a wedding date. Yeah. The bride who is not longing for the bridegroom to come and pick them up is the one who doesn't even care to talk about is Jesus coming back wow. soon because they're not urgently awaiting for their pickup. Hmm. They're not in love with Jesus. Yeah. If you were in love with the bridegroom who was coming for you, you would have made sure you had the oil. Mm -hmm. You would have made sure you had enough oil to last that lamp for a lifetime. Yeah, it's true. But they were not prepared. I, I, I was in the scripture, Revelation 22, very last chapter of the Bible. And in verse 17, it says, the spirit and the bride say, come. Mm -hmm. And let the one who hears say, come. Listen to that. Let the one who hears this say, come, like join in the desperation and the urgency. We are the bride. The spirit is calling out and we are the bride and we're saying, come Lord Jesus, come get us. And I think that the part that I'm like, yo, if you go read the last chapter of the Bible, the very last chapter in the Bible, Jesus says three times, surely I am coming soon. <laughs> but do we live like he's coming soon? And do we want him to come soon? I, as a bride, like as a man, it's an interesting concept because I don't know what it's like to be a bride. Um, but I do know what it is to wholly submit myself under Jesus to be my bridegroom, yeah. to be the one that my heart adores more than anybody that I could ever possibly imagine. I love you more than anybody on this planet, but it doesn't even compare oh. to the one who died for me and is going to have eternal life for me. You know what I mean? My heart is for him to come back for us. Yeah. So if you go back, we were, we were kind of were talking about Matthew 24 for a second. He's, Jesus is talking and, and he's like, look, there, there's going to be things that are going to happen. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and all of these things are going to be happening. <clears throat> and of course, everybody's looking around the earth right now. Like, oh, wait, is this happening? And is this happening? And in Israel, is this happening? Like mm -hmm. you said. But he said, when the gospel reaches all of the nations, when everybody hears this gospel, 
then I will come. So for me, if I am a bride with an urgency for my bridegroom to come back, for my Jesus to come back and pick me up, and I know that the thing that it hinges on him coming back is the gospel reaching the ends of the earth, shouldn't that, if you are actually in love with Jesus, wouldn't that stir your heart to say, I want to make sure the nations hear the gospel? Mm-hmm. I would also flip it and say, if you don't care about bringing the gospel to the nations, it's because you're not in love with Jesus and you don't care about what his heart cares about. His heart cares about his children. His heart wants all of his children to know him, to be with him. From the beginning of the Bible to the very end, God's heart has remained the same and it always will be that he longs to be our God and he longs for us to be his children and to dwell with us. Go read through Revelation in 21. Like he hears a voice, John hears a voice from the throne. Behold, I will now dwell with my children. I will be with them and I will be their God and they will be my children. They'll be my people. It's been on his heart from the beginning and always will be. So the question now is, is, is twofold. Are you in love with Jesus? And is what's on the Father, Father's heart also on yours? Mm. And if it's not, you really have to have a spiritual health check in your life. Yeah. Are you in love with Jesus? Mm-hmm. If you're not in love with Jesus, you'll say, I'm not called to be an evangelist. If you are in love with Jesus, you'll say, I don't care what I'm called to be. I'm going to go tell everybody the gospel of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Isn't it interesting how we do that? Goodness. This is, this is why for us, um, you know, I don't, I don't ever mind being vulnerable and sharing the, the reality of what's going on, but we felt called to come to Dallas to raise up and send out. We, we knew that there were going to be a lot of believers here who have been sitting in pews but never hitting the streets, never sharing the gospel, never making disciples. The Lord called us here for a specific reason and for this season now that Dallas will become a hub to send out the fivefold ministry, to send out churches, not only to this nation, but to every nation, to the unreached people groups. Mm-hmm. And this is the place God called us here to do it. Mm-hmm. And we have, since we have shared this, Since we even briefly talked about it, we have gotten so much pushback from people. Hmm. Believers, not unbelievers, by the way, the majority of persecution we have felt comes from other believers trying to halt God's plans on our lives. Why would we do such a thing? Why would you do that? Because there's no urgency that Jesus is coming back or there's no urgency that you want Jesus to come back. Hmm. This is why the Lord put it on our hearts to do this. We're going to raise up and send out 100 churches. This is why God put on our hearts to do the Forerunner School of Ministry, where we are going to truly equip the saints for the work of ministry. And after the year is up, we are going to give them the opportunity to be sent out to go to a city that absolutely needs the presence of the Lord. Why? Because he's coming back for a bride who is in love with him. And we want to go and find the ones who don't know yet. We actually want to go find the ones who don't have the oil and say, hey, we want to teach you how to go get the oil for yourself. Yeah. We want to teach you where you can find the oil. It's in his presence. It's in his word. It's in a relationship with him. Yeah. And now is the time to do that. Mm-hmm. We've, um, <clears throat> we've always described ourselves as an Isaiah 6 church where you know Isaiah goes and gets into the presence of the Lord and has this radical encounter with him. And he says, whom shall we send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah says, here I am, send me. And that's the heart. That's the heart of, first of all, our church. Mm-hmm. And But Freedom House and Forerunners has always been one in the same, basically. It's not this or that, one or the other. 
And so it's as we come together and we hear the voice of the Lord, we get into his presence, we, we repent, we seek his voice. And then he says, okay, now who's going to go? This is where I feel like a lot of church attenders stop. Mm -hmm. Some of them don't even get his presence. That's another podcast, but episode seven, right? but we get into his presence we bask, we like love it, we, we love him, we love hearing from him, we feel good, we feel filled up. And then he says, Whom's, whom shall I send? And we're like, maybe them. You know, because I just don't feel called. I don't feel called. I don't, I, I, I'm, it's not me, I'm not gifted in it. You know, and then mm -hmm. you can look at all the prophets and all yeah, the things yeah, yeah. they said. But it's like, but we have to say, here I am. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people love that scripture. A lot of people don't like to live that scripture. And so being able to say, okay, your walk with the Lord does not end after Sunday service or Saturday service mm -hmm. in our, in, for us when that's over. That's just, that's just you getting into the presence with a community of believers. And then you have to respond to the call of God on your life. And whether, you know, it's funny because I think a lot of the, the comments and the naysayers that have come against us is like, your church is so young, kind of like a, who do you think you are to start a school of ministry and send people out? And we, <laughs> we knew from when the Lord called us and we actually like read this great book called church planning something? thresholds. thresholds. And, but one of the things that the writer said was if, if you're called to be a, a church based on like missions work, he said, you need to do the missions work mm -hmm. immediately. If you're a church that's called to plant churches, you need to start the, the plan to plant a church immediately. Because if you say, we're going to do that in five years, five years creeps up. We're, well, I mean, when we're 10 years old, we're going to do it. Oh, when we're 20, when we're considered quote unquote established. It's like, no, the Lord told us to do something. Yeah. We are responding with an urgency and yeah. saying, yes, Lord, we will do it. And we will do it in after year being a technically a year and a half old. Yeah. Why? Because we're being obedient. We're saying, here we are, send us. We're not saying we have 35 years of experience and we have had a church for 52 years and we're now considered the bishop of the bishopess or whatever they're called. And now we can do it. It's like, no, why not now? Why not? Like, if, if it's not us, it's going to be someone else that actually says yes to him and actually goes mm -hmm. for him. So don't despise the small churches, the young churches, the young people, the young generation, the Gen Z is the ones that are going to go. Yeah. They're the hungry ones. They're the ones that are saying yes. And that's why God's going to use them. Mm -hmm. And that's why they are going to be, we've said this for years. They're going to be the ones that reach the ends of the earth. I believe it. I believe it too. And so mm -hmm. that's that. <laughs> I think everybody has to hit a point right now where you recognize, um, I don't care if you don't know which of the fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. I don't know which one I'm called to. Um, do you know that you're called the bride of Christ? Mm -hmm. Do you know that you're called bride? The word God speaks to Hosea in, in chapter two, and he says, in that day declares the Lord, you will call me my husband. And later on, he says, I betroth you to me in righteousness. I betroth you to me in faithfulness and you shall know the Lord. He has called us into a marriage. 
And the reason that some of us go through the first few steps in Isaiah 6, we're like, oh, I want to get in his presence. I want to get touched and healed. And I even want to hear his voice, but I don't want to respond is because we're not in love with him. If he spoke that around his brides, his brides would respond and say, here we are, Lord, send us. The ones who don't respond are the ones who are not his bride and the ones who are not in love with him. Mm -hmm. So I would say that if this is the year of salvation, this is the year of the favor of the Lord, this is the year to respond. And and honestly, even if you're listening to this right now, if you uh, have been wondering, am I called to ministry? Am I called to go? Are you called a bride? And if you are, what does that look like for you? And how are you going to respond when God speaks? Mm. As a bride, when we look to Jesus, if he has a heart for a country, then I have a heart for that country. If he has a heart for my lost neighbor, then I have a heart for my lost neighbor. If he has a heart for missions, then I have a heart for missions. If he has a heart for preaching the gospel, then I have a heart for preaching the gospel. Why? Because I'm in love with him. So I honestly, I'm, I'm looking for people who are in love with Jesus, yeah. who are saying, I will go. I just don't know how can someone teach me. I want to challenge you. If you don't know where to go and what to do, you need to go to the Forerunner School of Ministry and you need to apply and you need to come. There are still a few weeks left to apply and jump in. We're starting in September of this year. And I believe that there are still many who have been waiting to respond to the call, but they have already been called. They've already been called bride. They've already been called to go. They've just been hesitating. And I just want to challenge you right now, regardless if you think Jesus is coming back today, tomorrow, five years from now, or a hundred years from now, isn't he worthy of us going and saying, Jesus, I will call for you to come back. I will say, I'm your bride. Come, Lord Jesus, come. And I will do that not just with my words, but with my actions. I stand by this statement and I will live by this statement. It's time to go. Amen. 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 Amen.